When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Group Text. Super, super cool guest today, Will Sasso, who has made us laugh so we peed a little bit in our pants during the five seasons of Mad TV. He is back with a new scripted comedy podcast, Uncle Drank, which we'll get into. It's about the life and times of a fictional beach bum rocker with the same name. Will also start as Curly in the 2012 Three Stooges feature film. Appeared on hit TV shows like Modern Family and Night We Fall, Shameless Family Guy. He was one of, I think, what, seven people to succeed on the Vine platform and is pretty much a Jedi master when it comes to sketch comedy. He's also Canadian, so he's a really nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Please welcome. Hey, Will Sasso. Hi, how are you? Speaking as a Canadian, there are a few jerks. Uh, You know, I just want to point that out. I hope you're not one of them. No, no, no. There's four of them. There's uh, uh, Gary, Todd, uh, Barry, and Gordon. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll avoid those ones next time I'm I'm in Canada. So before we get to Uncle Drank, I have to talk to you about Mad TV, which I honestly felt like never got the mainstream recognition it deserved. Why was that show so good? It was like SNL's little brother when he was off of Ritalin. <laughs> uh you know i don't know i i kind of feel like that show was uh one of those uh it was a good situation where the the inmates sort of ran the asylum so i i feel like any you know any kind of uh all the good stuff anything that sort of made us laugh came out of uh, for lack of a better uh description and with all due respect to everybody <laughs> running the show it it really was like, yeah, go do it, do whatever the heck you want. You know, no one's a uh, Fox isn't paying attention and uh, <laughs> go right ahead. You know, there's, this is, this show is cheaper than tales from the crypt reruns. It doesn't matter. Off you go. Exactly. Enjoy. Did you ever feel like, Ooh, we're not going to slide something past. Were there any of those moments? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There were a lot of things that they did that the network uh, and standards and practices would stop us from doing. But the line was, you know, I can't even see the line, obviously, from today's standards uh, with comedy. Um, it was, I, I, and looking back at the show, it's like there is no line. I, I can't believe what we got away with, even, uh, especially when you consider that it was network television. Um, yeah, it was bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I used to, I, I, it just, I just flashed back on the fact that every red carpet and every fashion police that my mother and I did, we would be read and reminded of the list of words we could not say. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, you could say God yeah. and you could say damn, but you couldn't say God damn. Right. Absolutely. You could, you could say mother, but you couldn't say motherfucker, which sometimes was the only, right. you know, appropriate thing to say. But yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I spent especially a, on a red carpet yeah, well, yeah. and live. So they had a, yeah. I mean, finally they did put us on a seven second delay. 
<laughs> which <laughs> what do you mean finally i would imagine with you and your mom it would have been like almost immediately like, right <laughs> well we were really good the first couple and then i can't remember and my mom suddenly said and i'll tell you i'll and i'll sh- tell everyone what the fuck is going on here awesome. and that was yeah after that we had a we had a delay um yeah. everything's being rebooted is there a mad tv reunion possibly or do you think shows like that can't go right now uh, well, yeah, no, it would be, it would, I mean, it would just, at the end of the day, it would have to be a very stripped down version of it. They did a uh, sort of a reboot back in 2016, I believe, uh, the summer of 2016. They shot a few episodes with a new cast. A lot of the old writers came back. Uh, a lot of the old cast came back and did little bits here and there. Um, and in my opinion, you know, and I don't think this is a, uh, uh, a reach to say, I think it was on the wrong network and ended up on the CW and in prime time. Oh God, that could and, not uh, be a worse match. Yeah. And it was, it's, it sucked because the, the performers were incredible and the writers were incredible. And, and like I said, a lot of the, a lot of the old gang came back, but yeah, it just, it, I think it proved to be just uh, not a, not something you can do again. Right. But that was a, CW and Mad TV was a real bad marriage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I could, I would have stood up at the wedding and said, <laughs> "Does anyone else think this isn't going to work?" And yeah, is it too late to take back my gift? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and, and even showing up like to just you know like I, I can't, you know we all came back and we're and we had a great time, but it was like, huh? We can't. But we always okay. You know, it was one of those. Um, could but, you imagine you know, trying to do that now? Impossible. Absolutely impossible. I mean, again, I, I I do look back at some of the bits on the show and I'm like, that is, you know, I, I, I love it. I feel like, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings in comedy. I never have. And I didn't even when I was on Mad TV. Uh, it was just a different, you know, I mean, it's like they say, it was a different time. Uh, jokes were taken uh, differently, and you mean um, as jokes? Yeah, they were taken as humor was usually yes uh, imbibed as jokes, and yeah, it was it was just uh, different, and 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 you know, I mean, obviously now you can sort of point to well, why is that, and people having a a, a voice and a, and a direct through line to uh, the media that they're taking in with you know with regard to having social media and. Everyone's all hooked up and, and, uh, and yeah, and I, and I'm saying that even if just, uh, um, even if I, I just mean hypothetically, let's take into account how people feel about stuff. We're in an age where it's like, we don't want to offend and rah, rah and, and all that. I'm saying push that all the way forward. Uh, it, it, it still is, it, 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 I mean, these are just reasons that, you can't get away with it at all anymore. Back then it was just, this is television. You can't speak back to the television. You just got to turn the channel and now it's different. So you couldn't do it again. I don't think people know what kind of a grind it is working on a show like SNL or mad TV or in living color every single week, having to stay fresh, funny and relevant. Well, sure. I mean, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're trying to create a product that is, that is, you know, irreverent, funny, and and uh, it has to have a certain bite in order to get attention so that it can get some eyes. 
And, um, you know, at least we sort of had a lot of freedom back then. I guess I say, yeah. I mean, I love the fact that you guys were like, Ugh, nobody's watching. We can do what we want to do. Yeah. You work a lot in, in ensembles. I mean, from super troopers and a lot of the other stuff is ensemble comedy sort of your happy place. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. That, uh, yeah, actually. I, I, yeah, to put it flatly, yes. I, I, I mean, I love, you know, I love uh, acting. I'm very happy and fortunate uh, that I get to do that for a living. And um, yeah, I've always sort of, and it's come from Mad TV and many other projects where, you know, comedy is a, is to me, it's a team sport. So um, yeah, when you can work in a, in a good ensemble and everyone's sort of firing on all cylinders, it's, it's, uh, it doesn't get much better than that. How did you get started? Oh, I'm I'm originally from uh, a little suburb just outside of Vancouver, Canada. And in the, like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, there was, like, a lot going on. There still is, obviously. They shoot a lot of stuff up there. So uh, I was so, literally so fortunate that all I all I really had to do was, like, you know, skip school and get on a bus and then try to like hustle a few auditions here and there. And so I got, I got an agent when I was like 15, which was like a coup. So fortunate again. And yeah, I, I literally just, I, you know, I don't know when you look back and you go like, what was I even thinking? Well, the answer was I'm, I was stupid. And then I go, how come I'm only figuring that out now? And then the answer is because I'm stupid. Exactly. So yeah, it was a lot of stupidity that's led me from there to here. And I'm thankful uh, for the stupid person that I was then and the stupid person that I am now. Truly, I think that's at the top of the list with regard to how I was able to break into the show business, I guess. But, okay, did you, because I, I always am curious, especially with comedians and, and writers, did you want to be an actor first or go into comedy first? Because it, it, very often, I, I always say, comedians are usually the best actors yeah some of them yeah some of them are yeah you know so you yeah. always it, it it that's always fascinating to me but which came first for you i i kind of i mean i i you know i was a class clown like everybody else who ends up in show business and then uh uh so i like you know i like making people laugh and my influences were a, you know are a very it's a pretty predictable list based on the time period I grew up in. So there was a lot of, you know, I grew up in Canada, so it was SETV. Yep. And we were watching a lot of, you know, of course, Monty Python and, and Saturday Night Live at any era. And um, and then things like, you know, you were also watching like, like Pee Wee's Playhouse or Carol Burnett or The Muppet Show or whatever. So it, it to me, it kind of happened at the same time. And it wasn't, it wasn't uh, until you know, as a, as a young child. And then when you, once you get into some more organized stuff in school, then you can, you try it for plays and stuff. And I think that gave me an appreciation more for, for acting and seeing, seeing the stuff that wraps around the funny bits in the John Candy, the Bill Murray movie, you know, any sort of property. And then, and um, I really, and I wanted to be an actor. So I, I, it, they both sort of happened at the same time. And yet they're, they're kind of they're kind of separate. I approach them, um, you know. I mean, uh, uh, I already preface this by saying I'm stupid, so it's okay to say this now. Funny acting is you know still acting. Um, by the way, yeah, like, not everybody can do it, and and 
com- comedic acting, I think that's, I think I just made up a new thing, but I don't know else how to say it, is much harder. Well, I, it, you know what? I, I honestly, it, it just, it, it depends. It's the writing. It's like if you have good stuff and you are, you know, if you've got a, a great script and, and, uh, and, and of course, all the other tangibles like, you know, direction, hair, makeup, wardrobe, set design, a great editor and, and all this good stuff to create this illusion. You're, you know, an actor comedically is only as strong as their material. So if the, if the stuff is good, all you got to do is kind of lay back and spit it and you look like you look like the funny one. You know, except where, that when it, that's not so easy to do. It might be very second nature to you, but I watch things sometimes and say or think to myself, God, it wants to be funny. It just isn't. Yeah, it, it's 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 interesting because it's like, you know, comedy is also extremely subjective and we all watch stuff that our friends and peers watch and and then, you know, sometimes you're like, I don't get it. I didn't think that was funny. And but somebody likes it. It's a hit show. Uh, so you're already up against that to where it is so subjective, but, but with regard to what you're saying, yeah, you can see things when it's, when it's firing on all cylinders and, and the script moves right through the actors and the actors have chemistry with each other. And, you know, maybe they're, they all kind of understand, uh, uh, to a, a very professional degree, how to, you know, how to, how to do it. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, it's it's always it, it's rough if you if you you know acting funny is nothing that should that should never happen. No one should ever have to like uh, ham it up in a in a in a. I do it all the time. I'm not saying that uh, it's something that I. I'm not saying I'm good at what I do at all. No, I'm but you. Always, I mean, you know, you're managing to make a living at it, so I'm going to put you in the good category. Okay, cheers. But, you know, like sometimes you're just kind of, you know, you're dancing around. Hey, look at this. <laughs> and then other times it's like, oh, my goodness, this is so good. The stuff that we're doing, you you really just have to sit there and look. And, you know, I mean, you look at the great shows. Look at, I don't know, just as an example, there are, of course, you know, literally thousands of in- incredible, uh, you know, shows and properties like this. But well, not like this, but look at Cheers. Like, what did, like, Ted Danson never gets above a two or a three, and he's hilarious. All of them. I mean, it's, it's, and that's the, you know, that's, that's the writing. That's also James Burroughs, the director, who's, who's, you know, not going to have, I mean, he's notoriously, he's a genius, and it's, and he's, he's notoriously good at making sure that everything stays with its feet on the ground. And, um, that's how you get a character like Fraser Crane. You know, that's how you get, you know, even Woody was super grounded and he was the, the goofy one. Even Cliff Clavin was grounded. Um, it, anyway, it, it's, uh, yeah, it has a lot to do with the, the, the material that you have. And there's so many other intangibles. I mean, and anyone, everyone knows you, you, you we're anticipating some movie or TV show and it comes out and perhaps it's, it's, uh, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Um, you know, that, that happens from the creator's perspective too. Uh, you know, uh, some, I heard some filmmaker say like making a movie is like going into a closet in the dark, getting changed, coming out and saying, how do I look? You, you never know. You know, I mean, you know, there's so many intangibles that by the time you're done with it, even as a creative, 
I would imagine even as a director and, and especially sometimes as a writer, you go, what happened to this? I thought it was going to be that. And now it's this. So things have to, things have to really align. It has to be know? lightning in a bottle. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's hard to duplicate that. It's, it's sometimes it's great, you know, shows show up all the time that have a new feel to them and you check them out and go like, Oh my gosh, this is brilliant. How did they, how did they, you know, how did they do this? And outside of, you know, hard work and being good at something, uh, there are some, there are a bunch of intangibles. So when something really works comedically, I think that's why a lot of people pay attention, especially when it's a new, when it feels like a new, um, a new way to do it or just, just anything that feels like a breath of fresh air. You which, know. which is a perfect pivot. I didn't mean to get all intellectual. Suddenly we went down this serious road. That was terrifying for me for a minute. Um, which makes is the perfect segue into Uncle Drank. So did you, I've been noticing that these scripted podcasts are really starting to take off. And for yeah. people who don't understand what they are, it's basically a th- throwback to the old days of radio where a story would be told in serial form over a course of episodes, but it's all audio. Yeah. Had you, okay, first of all, I have to ask, you replaced Gary Busey. That's right. Okay. That's so weird. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like, how do you react when you get the call? Hey, we have this new format We've got all these great actors. Someone dropped out. We want you to replace him. And you say, oh, who dropped out? Yeah. And they say Gary Busey. That has to take you a little bit. I'm not sure if that's a compliment or an insult. Well, you know, one thing's for sure. I've never seen uh, Gary Busey in the audition waiting room. We're not normally up for the same role. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, it was, I was, I was confused by it too. I was like, why, what? Okay, sure. I tried to never, I've, you know, I've, you know, if, if, if something, if someone falls out of something or they have to make a change at the last minute, you know, I've just, I've been there here and there where it's like, Oh, you know, who was doing this before? I'm like, I don't know. Don't tell me. Um, Cause you don't want it to affect what you're doing. But there have been other times where I've, you know, replace some someone, and I'm like, "What? We're we're diametrically opposed as people and performers. I don't understand how how we're both up for the same role." But someone somewhere, you know, in an office goes, "You know, it's this, and then maybe this, uh, or this, and then down here, and then here's Will over here." But um, by the way, standing uh, is, is is who was the first, second, and third choice. Who are the first, second, and third choice of Uncle Drank? No, I'm saying like when I get calls like, do you want to do something? I'm always oh. like, who was the second, th- first, second, and oh, third right. choice? Because yeah. by the time you get to me, yeah, you know, so many yeah. people have said no. Yeah. No, yeah, that's, yeah. It, it, <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm sure that's not true. But, oh, no, uh, it, <laughs> it is for everybody. Yeah, that's true. And I know that Uncle Drank was, uh, they had other options before Gary Busey. Uh, originally, it was going to be Helen Mirren. Which would have been, um, which would have been fascinating. I know. I would have watched that. Yeah. I know, or listened to it. Yeah, yeah. Meryl uh, Streep, yeah. who can do anything. Meryl Streep was up for, yeah. 
uh, Dame Judy Dench of was uh, busy. She was unavailable. But I, so I they, see how so they, that fits. Yeah, yeah. Then from there, that's a logical step to Gary Busey. Haven't figured out how we got from Gary to me, but no, yeah. So I, I they literally, I was the last thing. They had everyone else in the show. Um, uh, Billy Zane plays a blender named Blendy. Um, uh, Luke Wilson is is doing it. Uh, Chelsea Lynn, um, you know, people in the country music space like Kinky Friedman and and uh, Brian Kelly from Florida Georgia Line, Uncle Cracker. And, and, and they were all already there. And then they were like, would you like to play Uncle Trank? I was like, sure. Yes. Um, so that's how I got involved. <laughs> I love the fact that you remind me so much of making your professional decisions the same way my family has, which is we always went how much and then tell me what it is. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. yeah. How yeah. much? And then I'll decide yeah. if it's worth it. Yeah. How long, how long is it going to take to do this? I got to. I was yeah. thinking of visiting uh, Alaska. Or for, me, um, for me, it's do they provide hair and makeup? Right. <laughs> or is this yeah. coming out of my pocket? Yeah, yeah. So I'm let, like, where are we recording it? Do you have snacks? Exactly. You and I, like, we're like this. Um, so uh, let's explain what this is. So I said it was this serialized podcast. And Uncle Drank, who you play, is a burned-out beach bum rocker with a friend or a talking blender who sort of seems to be the narrator named Blendy. Um, dare I even ask where this idea came from? Because it's, it's a leap. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's very specific. And uh, it, it comes from the warped mind of a fellow named Jared Gutstad, uh, who's the helmer over there at uh, this company audio up. They do a lot of podcast stuff and him and his, you know, merry band of weirdos, Guys like Zach Selwyn and, and uh, Jesse Siebenberg are not just funny guys. You know, Zach I've known for like 20 years or something. He's a, he's a hilarious actor, writer. He's also a great musician. And these guys are all steeped in the country space. So um, they're like, you know, they're real country music guys. They're music guys, period. So um, and comedy guys, obviously, and now podcast guys. Um, and audio up is uh, does several podcasts. So, from all genres of music, you know, hip hop, rock, country, uh, to their to what they do in podcasting, Uncle Drank is kind of um, a, a good amalgam of that. And as you said, yes, uh, scripted, serialized podcasts are happening now. You know, we would look at them back in the day as um, as yeah, as radio plays. Um, of course, I also replaced uh, Lon Chaney in 1932 uh, in uh, Dracula of Manhattan. No, I, just, I don't who know. Do, who does your work? You look brilliant. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, I got Gary Busey's guy. There you but, go. Um, but uh, yeah, so they, they came up with this thing. They've had this character for a while. They're like, this is something we want to do. And it's sort of, uh, it's it's right in line with the country music stuff and Gulf and country Western music is very specific. That whole, it is like that Florida Georgia line, Kenny Chesney, you know, get out on the speedboat and uh, don't wear a life jacket and, and all that stuff. And, uh, and that's uncle drank. He's, he's, he's like a Jimmy, Jimmy Buffett beach bum country, country singer and, and a super weirdo. And, and it, it's this weird story that starts in the 70s and then in the 90s he, go, he goes missing and now he's back 
And so he is kind of timeless. And, you know, it's this, and, and all these, you know, of course, country music luminaries come in and out of the story, like Waylon Jennings gives him his name, Uncle Drank, um, by accident. And, and yeah, it's just this really silly romp. And out of it, there's country music, which is now, you know, playing on Sirius XM and on a bunch of the uh, streaming platform uh, playlists and stuff. It, it's a bizarre property to me. Yeah, so it, I'm just waiting for Gary Busey to come back and replace me. It is. I listened to the first couple episodes. It is very funny. It is. Oh, cheers. It is very, very funny. Um, one of the things I really loved was that Uncle Drank started as a jingle writer who just burned out one day and couldn't do it anymore. What's, sure. the, what's the strangest job you ever had? Um, oh. Or the one we would least expected you to have had. One summer yeah. I worked at a, a beach club setting up chairs and umbrellas. Yeah. Oh man. One time I, I, when I was, well, when I was really young, actually, I, I, uh, you know, back when, you know, sort of around the same, you know, growing up times in Vancouver, I was, I just wanted to break into the business any way that I could. And this is shameful to admit, but um, I had a, I had to deliver a bunch of uh, pamphlets um, for this theater thing or whatever. And they gave me all these pamphlets and uh, this isn't an interesting story, but it ends with a box full of pamphlets being, soaked in the rain because it's vancouver where it rains all the time at least 150 days out of the year yeah. yeah and uh and then just me delivering like soaking wet runny pamphlet you know runny pamphlets to all these businesses and stuff and staining carpet <laughs> and sh you know shoving them uh fistfuls you know a dozen at a time through mail slots or else they'll fall apart maybe the two or three in the middle of this pack are dry enough and uh, I got fired for for something that I was doing for free, which um, is always uh, good for the ego. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So bad. We don't want you working for free. Yeah. Yeah. Even as a even as a youngster. Outside of that, I would say the weirdest job would have been. Um, or was one time I was <clears throat> I did a scripted podcast where I replaced Gary Busey. That oh was yeah, job. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're working with these amazing actors, and I was thinking a lot about in animation, people have to work kind of in a vacuum and not be in the same room with each other and things like that. And that's so hard for comedy. It, yeah. Has it been a learning curve for you to sort of have to be in this vacuum? You know, to be honest, I actually prefer it. When you do an animation, as, as a, you know, a lot of people know, it's like they – they're not usually, you know, a lot of times you're not with the other actors and stuff. You're just doing your stuff. I think it actually lends to a better final product, believe it or not. I really do believe that because um, it, it's, how do I put this? It's like, it, specifically with something like this, where it's fast paced, it's goofy. I really, it's almost the opposite of acting, where, wherein you know, in any sort of scene, you need extreme connection to everybody. You're playing off of everyone else and you're, you know, you're, you know, you're coming up with a real situation or whatever. That's my doctor term for what acting is. Doing a situation that would happen in life. So, so anyway, told you I was stupid. Um, nah, nah. The, the, but the, 
you know, with this and sometimes with animation, it's just like, you know, when you see like Family Guy and stuff like that, uh, a lot of times, uh, just having uh, been around a little bit doing some of those, you, you, they know exactly what they want. And it's like, no, just your regular speaking voice. Uh, do it three times. Okay. Can you try one a little angrier? No, less angry. Got that. Okay, next. And these guys know what they what they want. Um, like I said, Jared and Zach are, you know, they're very funny guys. And so when they when they hear it, they know it, they know what they they know what they need. And and look, these characters are um and I mean this in the best way, idiotic. I mean it's it's I was, all insane. I was gonna say hyper realistic. There, that's a very yes. That would we back on Mad TV, we would say idiotic and we would mean it with reverence. And now we would say hyper realistic and mean it with just as much reverence. Yes, uh, it, it is. It's silly. It's super silly, and it's supposed to be silly, and it's supposed to just. It's just, especially nowadays, and you know, we all know the ending of this sentence. It's just like, just make me laugh. Like you know, we don't. We're, we'll watch. I'll watch it. We'll watch Dahmer at night when we, you know we'll be reminded of something absolutely horrific and put it into context nowadays, which that series has done an incredible job with, or I want to listen to uncle drank and who is it? Will Sasso, Gary Busey. Doesn't matter. Make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> and, and, um, and uh, I think for those reasons, when I hear it back and having not been in a room with the other actors, like I, I, I dig it and I can't, I, I can't in my head tell what the difference would have been if we were all together. I love that it's punchy and fast and that's what it should be. Yeah. So. I, I was going to ask if there were any uh, uh, similarities between you and uncle drink, because I know sometimes late at night, I think my toaster oven's talking to me, but that's a separate conversation. <laughs> um, I want to pivot back to you because I always love asking comedians or comic actors from Canada. Do you think, you have a better sense of like almost an extra layer of comic observation of the American culture because you do actually get to look at it from the outside. I think so. I've How stupidly said, funny are we as a culture? Pretty awesome. Pretty funny. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. I, I say we, cause I am also an American citizen. Uh, but we, I believe on the world stage are, we are the class clown, definitely, especially <laughs> after the past few years. And, and it is, we are really doing a wonderful job entertaining the rest of the planet. And, you know, uh, there's been so many analogies made, of course, uh, um, you know, putting Canadians as the, you know, the upstairs, we're the neighbor upstairs. They're like, what are they doing down there? It's, it's, it's two in the morning. Um, it feels like that uh, outside of America. And I have a, I, I get to have a unique vantage point being a Canadian and an American spending, uh, you know, living here and spending a lot of time there too. And just, you know, seeing what it's like socially, we're all hooked up to the same cable. Um, you know, American culture um, and North American culture, just when you look at it super macro, is there much of a difference between a city uh, at, at, like Toronto or Chicago? Uh, of course, there are millions and millions of differences if you look closely. But if you if you look out and you're whatever, perhaps uh, an alien uh, deciding which which uh, which city to hover over, you can't tell the difference. And I think that 
Um, as Canadians, we feel like we're part of the American culture. Uh, they feel the same way in Japan. They feel like they're a part of American culture and they're building the culture uh, further. But the other thing about Canada is it is a separate country. Socially, we're very different. Culturally, we are very different. And we do get to look at America and go, what the heck is going on down there? And I think that has bred so much comedy over the years. When you look at all the, you know, the people talk about hey, Canadians in comedy. I think, I mean, when you look at, you know, well, like the, a show all, like. Are they all the SCTV, all the great that yeah, absolutely. Out, grades that came out of there. Yeah. They, I mean, that's a show that was shooting in. Toronto and Edmonton later on. I mean, Edmonton is one of the only cities in Canada that's off the 49th parallel. They're way up there. It's cold as shit. And, and at the same time, they're doing the Bobby Bittman, you know, and, 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 and they're doing all these, these, um, you know, these tropes that are very North American TV culture. We are all hooked up to the same cable. And these are performers who are, you know, a lot of them are, were based in Toronto. Some of them were from Chicago and with this old second city um, guys that came up like Joe Flaherty and, and, but it is, or you look at like the kids in the hall where the kids in the hall are doing uh, sketches just based loosely on, you know, the suburban experience or, or, or whatever, like this is, it was sort of this globulous, it was never overtly Canadian. Some of it was, if you're Canadian, you could go, Oh, that character is so Canadian, and that's funny to me. The rest of it was just kind of like, here we are in a modern uh, world, and this is what we're making fun of. And I think that, you know, one of the the you know the raw ingredients to that for Canadians is looking at America and going, holy shit, <laughs> that's all. As an, but you now know, as an American, know. I look around and go, holy shit. Um, yeah. Okay. So back to yeah. Uncle Drake. He lives by which cracked me up the eight B's. Yeah. Which are I don't remember them. Oh, you know, uh, I know the last one is be- bananas. Banana booze, beers, beaches, babes, uh, babes bananas. Um, uh, Busey. I can't remember. I can't remember. Ones. I remember the last one being bananas. Um. Okay. So. At the end of a, a lot of my shows, I ask some of my guests to do a lightning round. And so we, you know, because of, of the depth of this uh, project that you're in, and the, uh, I would like to emotionally mine uh, okay. the multi-level character that you created. Can you answer these quick questions as Uncle Drank would? Because I know you've done, okay. s- you've done so much subtext work. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's a there's Bibles of stuff. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. I know you went deep into the Meisner method with the knock on yeah. the door. The I mean, yeah, I, I get yeah. it. I yeah. get I it. Slept in in a lot of Gulf Coast fish shacks. Yeah, ready for this role. And I'm sure that yeah. on set you stay in character. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I show up like a real prick, just yeah. already in character. Oh, here it is again. Yeah, it's like you yeah. have to live that way at home to really, yeah. you know, you and Daniel Day Lewis. I want to be known as, yes, the, uh, the Daniel Day-Lewis of podcasts. There you That's go. That's what I would like to be. <laughs> so here we go. Margarita, salt or no salt? No salt. Applebee's or chilies? Chilies, nonstop. Yes, De- come on. Destin Beach or Daytona? Oh, uh, Daytona. Hope everyone's okay out there. Yeah. SeaWorld or Gatorland? 
Never heard of Gatorland. I'm choosing Gatorland. There you go. White Claw or Truly? Oh, uh, Truly. Okay. Leonard or Skinner? Skinner. <laughs> no, sh- <laughs> no shoes or no shirt? Oh, no shoes. I, you know, I'm a chubby kid. I was always terrified in PE. <laughs> Well, Sasso, this is, I'm such a fan and was such oh, a cheers, fan of Mad cheers. TV. And, oh, awesome. you know, everything you've done. Thank you so much. And everyone, again, plug where everyone can find Uncle Drank. You can find Uncle Drank everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And the music is streaming on uh, on uh, platforms like Spotify and, and all that stuff. Just put in Uncle Drank with an A. And uh, it's also on Sirius XM. Um, the, the music and and I think they're popping some of the comedy from the podcast in there too thank you so much thank you so much for having me a Media Production